Welcome, California lovers, to The Shindig. It is I, Babs, here with another episode of Over Underrated. And this week and next week, we have special guest Matthew Crosby, comedian and podcasting legend. Also has a radio show with Ed Gamble on Radio X in the UK. Matthew was kind enough to give us a lot of his time to talk about a band he finds overrated, Red Hot Chili Peppers and Steely Dan. That's going to be coming next week. But in the meantime, find out what Matthew thinks about everyone's favourite jazz, rock, fusion, funk hoppers who do interesting things with their socks. Oh, hang on. Yeah, what are we calling this podcast? <laughs> Was it over underrated? Over underrated. Sous évalué. So welcome to another episode of Over Underrated with Fran and Babs. Fran, it's been a while. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. It's a sunny day down in Bournemouth. And today we're going to be having a first chat in seemingly three months, isn't it? Yeah, it's been it's been a while. And I've been to a lot of good gigs recently uh so i in two days in a row i saw peaches which was great she's she's touring kind of um the teachers of peaches because it's 20 years since she's been doing it and she is 55 years old and you would not know it the energy the humor is is all there it was fantastic and i'm hoping there was people with strap-on dildos oh like she she had a bikini with six boobs um the dancers with the vagina faces were there uh, mm-hmm. what else there was a song where literally she had two backing dancers leaning over and all they did was take pants off so they had like i'm gonna say a good 15 pairs of pants and all they were doing was kind of taking off uh pant by pant and uh, i went with a friend who i've been like oh i'm gonna see peaches and she's like well oh, i vaguely know her but not much and she she loved it which was great and then you know same but different the next day i went to see turnstile which was the most intense gig i've ever been to in my life and a week later i still have a bruise on my arm from the mosh pit it from the second the first note played i got pushed forward lost my beer soaked in sweat it was uh, it was kind of incredible uh, and that's in belgium yeah it was in belgium yeah in in hasselt eastern belgium no idea why they chose there over anywhere else but uh, but yeah it was great how about you any any gigs any music well, we have something called Glastonbury. No, um, tell me more. In, in England. <laughs> and uh, you cannot miss Glastonbury all weekend. So I've been on the iPlayer, skipping through uh, to all the bands I've heard of. Um, I should have maybe listened to bands I've not heard of, but I'm old. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I checked out a new band called Wet Leg. Oh, tell, oh yeah, we, we haven't mentioned uh, them at all, no. Turnstile, not on the iPlayer. But I saw Paul McCartney and Jamie T, uh, Lord and... The Excellent Crowded House, as mentioned previously in a podcast. So who was your favourite, if you had to pick one? Uh, best performance, um, Jamie T or The Foles. Although Jamie T was so fucked, uh, he ended up with his top off, holding like a can, and then mumbling about how he doesn't give a shit about music, he doesn't have a label anymore, and he doesn't care if I'm playing to nobody. Which is, so it was shambolic and entertaining for many reasons. But we're not alone today to talk about music. Oh, we no. have a special guest, uh, podcasting legend and comedian Matthew Crosby. Hello. Hi, how are you doing? Good, thank you. Have you been to any gigs recently? And you know, have you watched Glastonbury in person or on the iPlayer as well? I've been to one gig this year, um, which was Jeff Rosenstock. That's the only thing oh, I've seen. Of course. But mm-hmm. I have a, I've got a couple of little kids, you know, so it, that keeps me in the house. I watched all of the, I watched all the Glastonbury coverage. What I did though, because I'm also old 
is I watched um, uh, Joe Wiley and Jack Saunders, that sort of roundup. So that I had that kind of on. I don't know whether mm-hmm. that was like the BBC Two feed. I think it was. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. that meant that I did see loads of people that I'd never heard of before. And like, I'd never heard of Gabriel's before. Do you know Gabriel's? No, not at all. Not heard of him before. Oh, amazing. Really enjoyed that. Griff as well. I didn't know Griff and I really enjoyed Griff. Yeah, this, this shows how old I am. I was thinking it's a guy from Super Four Animals. Oh, that's why. I, yeah, that's why. When they said, come out, we've got music from Griff. I was like, oh, okay. He's shortened his name ever so slightly. But yeah. Um, but no, it wasn't. It, um, it was a girl. Imagine that. Girl Whoa. called Griff. 21st century, man. It's really interesting, though, because um, now my friends are coming back from Glastonbury. Lots of my friends were there. And it'll be interesting to hear what they... Because obviously the BBC coverage is notoriously bad for kind of the mix you know diana ross has been absolutely uh, has been absolutely pounded by people who watched it on the telly whereas people who were there like the reviews of the, the people who are at the show said amazing uh i watched it i i, I you know I, I watched it on the telly but i was uh i was also making dinner and i just know i also know you know you, you, you think oh she's got so many great songs i was probably i didn't notice she was singing out of tune because i was probably singing more out of tune over the, <laughs> over the top of her singing out of tune um so uh, i didn't notice that. i love the pet shop boys as well they are so good live they are so so yeah. so good live. i've only I've seen, seen them once live i saw them at primavera uh in 2010 amazing really great but um <clears throat> did you see what happened at the start of their set yeah I, I, I don't actually know what's supposed to happen i think it's like, like a, was he supposed to be on the screen or something i or? think he's supposed to yeah i think he's supposed to appear through the screen like mm. he comes through the screen, but apparently like the the little hatch in the screen just didn't open. So it's real sort of like Spinal Tap vibes where he's like, where, you know, he's there with his, so for the listeners who don't know, basically Neil Tennant came out and started singing and next to him was uh, the laptop and keyboard setup that, you know, uh, Chris Lowe would normally have. and But no Chris Lowe. And, and I would say 25 minutes of the set, Chris Lowe wasn't there until they brought up the screen. You could see the rest of the band and Chris Lowe was there, you know. But again, again, hidden, hidden in basically like a sort of big industrial shed that you couldn't see. You know, you, if he didn't show up to a bunch of gigs, I don't think anyone would really notice <laughs> as long as there's someone in a box sort of bopping around. Um, but yeah, so he was apparently trapped behind this screen, sort of, you know, banging on it going, Neil, <laughs> Neil, I've locked myself out again. People... People were saying on Twitter that Chris Lowe's working from home. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, yeah, there was like you know he was even he couldn't uh, couldn't deal with the Pet Shop Boys Kendrick Lamar clash. He had to go and see Kendrick. Matthew, can you please introduce the theme of today's show and your overrated act? I, I want to hear you say it because the theme title has really made me laugh. Right. So, <laughs> as I said to you when I messaged you about this. I feel like I'm slightly cooking the books because I basically, I, I sort of picked, I picked the two bands I wanted to talk about and then reverse engineered what I considered to be. We never do that. No, the, we yeah, never do that the on genre. This yeah. No, 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 no. So, uh, so I've gone for jazz rock fusion. Nice. And I'm going to have, uh, do you want to hear both bands now or just the overrated Let's do it. one? Hit us already. So I think overrated band, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, underrated band, Steely Dan steely dad which are of course it's a kind of running joke on your radio x show that uh you know you're an old fart and this is your favorite band so we really wanted to give you the opportunity <laughs> to yeah. really talk about them a lot and as i said to you when i messaged you i know absolutely nothing about stealing dan uh, i know a tiny bit more now so i'm really looking forward to getting into it 
And as for the red hot chili peppers from the pre-chat, it sounds like possibly both of you are not the biggest fans. So let's <laughs> get into it. Overrated. So, Matthew, why did you pick the Red Hot Chili Peppers as your overrated act? I think, uh, well, I tell you what, the other the other day, because I, I obviously, um, I'm, I'm on Radio X, so I follow the Radio X Instagram account, and they had reposted a video that Flea had put up. Their basis is called Flea, no. guys. <laughs> One, he's a grown man. He must be 68. I think they're both 59. I looked it up. Anthony well, and Flea Yeah, that's, that's what they tell you. 68-year-old <laughs> man, and he still calls himself Flea. Um, but anyway, so Flea, um, uh, he, he put up a, a video of them on stage, and it was them performing to Can't Stop. You know, not, not performing, but performing Can't Stop. And so uh, it's that... That bit, you know. Uh, Bab's already getting into it. Just, oh, just yeah. me singing that. You're already grooving along. I'm grooving away. But... Uh, and Flea's doing all of this kind of like, he's wearing like a sort of, uh, like a Buddhist monk, like a purple Buddhist monk outfit. He's doing all this kind of gyrating around. He's like wiggling his butt at the audience. Anthony Cadis is wearing a sort of halfway house between a kind of like a marching band uniform and an Adidas tracksuit. And he's got like a mullet and a moustache. And John Frashanti, who I've got no beef with, is dressed like a human being. <laughs> He's fine. No, I mean, obviously, I, you, can't, you, you can't sort of slag off rock stars dressing weird. I mean, you know, that's that's very much sort of, you know, the you bread and butter. Chad of the Smith, ro- just to complete the... Ch- Chad Smith, of course, uh, yeah. again, you know, wearing a, a backwards baseball cap and a vest, as he and has done like since, yeah. uh, you know, since the 90s. Um, and, and looking exactly like Will Ferrell, exactly. Uh, so anyway, th- they're, they're playing this, you know, this song. And then the camera pans across to the audience. And there's fucking thousands of them. It's insane. Like it's the like it's um it's like they're playing. I mean they're playing an arena, and you go, what? All of you? <laughs> You're all fine with this? <laughs> Every single one of you is fine with this. And I thought, right, it's the kind of thing as well where when I used to uh, when I used to teach when I was a teacher, I would be going into school and, and I would have my discman on just to sort of place this in time. I'd have my discman on. I'd be listening to uh, some band or other, and another teacher would come up to me, and they'd say, "What are you listening to?" And I would tell them, and they wouldn't have heard of it. Not because I'm this incredibly cool, obscure. Just because you know, it was it was around the time I think when music was starting to go off. It'd be so divergent that everybody, you know, like, like now, someone can be mega mega famous, but your parents might not have heard of them, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I I would tell them about this band. I'd talk about them for a, a second. And I'd say, and they would say, oh, I've never heard of them. I'd say, who do you like? And they would always say the Red Hot Chili Peppers. seems like everybody seems to like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So for that reason, and not just because I don't particularly rate them myself, but for the fact that everybody likes them, they're overrated. Well, do you know that Charlie Brooker quote about the Red Hot Chili Peppers that he wrote about in, no. in the column? <clears throat> so I'll, I've shortened it and I'll read it to you. The Red Hot Chili Peppers, they're one of the most popular bands in existence, but have you ever met a single actual fan? I mean, everyone can name one Red Hot Chili Peppers song they kind of sort of like, usually Under the Bridge or that other one that no one ever knows the name of, but where the hell are these adoring fans? Clearly they're lurking out of sight in an alternate dimension that exists somewhere between the atoms of our world, where the Chili Peppers are considered acceptable rather than simply annoying. This magical alt-earth only intrudes on our reality when the Chili Peppers release an album or put tickets on sale. The rest of the time it's invisible. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, I sort of agree that if it weren't for the fact that I've met loads of people who love Red Hot Chili Peppers, <laughs> see, I, 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 like the school I, I have to say, I, I do agree with that quote because I feel it's more that people are like, oh, they're fine, but you know, they're a band that are enormous, so they've sold over a hundred million records. Yeah, the Spotify stats—they have twenty-five million listeners on Spotify. They're a hundred and ninth band in the world. But wow. I've never met someone who's like, "Oh my god, I love the Red Hot Chili Peppers so much. I'm going to talk to you about their albums. This is why they're my favorite." So they're like, "Yeah, Red Hot Chili Peppers—they're—they're they're fine." Uh, and that's I find quite intriguing because I don't know bands like Metallica or or other bands that have been around for ages you two the people will have very strong opinions whereas red hot chili peppers it generally is like oh yeah yeah they're all right. maybe that's what it is maybe there's just enough people in the world who think they're okay and worth dropping whatever it would be 40 50 quid to go and see them mm. that just seems like it seems like that's that can't be the case though or maybe it's that you know red hot chili peppers gigs are a safe space for people who are too embarrassed to admit they're <laughs> like red hot chili peppers <laughs> But you know, like in the Oscars, they say that no one's favourite film wins an Oscar. It's everyone's second favourite film. Yeah. It's that kind of thing with the Chili Peppers. Although, I remember when Californication came out, I was at university, and there was a lot of people who were really fucking into the Chili Peppers. And a lot of people got their tattoo on their arm. Right. So maybe you're slightly younger, Babs, but this, maybe this you don't remember that ask, era. Because my, Chili Peppers came into my world with By The Way when I was still at school. And I think that album has some has some good tracks and some not so good tracks, maybe one that Matthew has picked today. Yeah. Um, but I think apart from By The Way and then Californication, which my friend Francesca burnt onto a CD for me, I think they're the only kind of Chili's albums that I've I've heard. And I was kind of, I didn't really know what came before. I knew there were kind of funk elements, but I guess oh, you have to say- a, You're in for a real treat <laughs> oh, then. Oh my God, Matthew, <laughs> I cannot wait. I have written out lyrics um, to discuss- <laughs> Um, although yeah, someone actually did burn blood sugar sex message. Someone whose handwriting I can no longer recognise, so it's a bit of a mystery. But I clearly never never got around to listening to it because Californication and by the way were enough. And I, I quite like Californication. I quite like by the way. I think I think they've got some great songs, but when I went and looked at those stats of how many records they've sold, how big they are on Spotify, like they they're the it says on Wikipedia, I guess in the US, they're the most successful band in the history of alternative rock. I'm like, really? What? Like with 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 funk, I mean, maybe they maybe they are. <laughs> like it's... Is that is that total sales over forty years? Maybe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've yeah, been, yeah. you know what they've been. I think there's a lot to be said for sticking it out. Oh, you know, one hundred percent. There's a lot to be said for not, uh, you know, getting a bit antsy around the age of twenty-seven and blowing your brains out. You know, <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> like... well, one of them. Oh, had, one, one, had a, <laughs> one had a bad time. Um, yeah. But yeah, I wanted to ask you guys because because you're a bit older than me. Like, what? How? How popular were they before Californication? Because, I mean, researching this, I had no idea they were kind of on a par with Nirvana or that Blood Sugar Sex Magic came out the same day as Nevermind. Yeah, um, that's right. I, I think they didn't, they didn't they have to flip because uh, Nirvana were the support on the Blood Sugar Sex Magic tour. Yes. And I think they had to flip the order. They went uh, went on stage after a while yes. because I think Nirvana t- overtook them. But they certainly were like... And 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 all of those kind of like the Lollapaloozas, uh, kind of they would they were definitely around for that. Blood Sugar Sex Magic was an enormous, enormous album yeah. in the nineties. See, yeah. totally. I mean, I know Give It Away and Under the Bridge, but for me that was kind of divorced from the album. You must know Suck My Kiss as well. Surely, uh, un- unfortunately, I I do, but I I think I think that came later. I feel like when when By the Way became massive. The videos that they would show, like the other Chili's videos, it would just be "Give It Away" and "Under the Bridge." Uh, that so that that for yeah. me was their existence before '99. <laughs> but it turns out there's a lot more. <laughs> but then I think that's probably true of like you know of like big bands like Nirvana 
you know nirvana were a huge band but probably in terms of like the things that were getting played regularly um we're talking about in bloom teen spirit maybe heart-shaped box off mm-hmm. um uh, uh off in utero there mm-hmm. weren't loads of like i mean sort of very deliberately there weren't loads of uh, big radio friendly unit shifters um but uh i i, I think so I, th- I i think that's probably just just the way that things are marketed to you but certainly ev- like almost everybody i i knew from my friendship group um had a copy of blood sugar sex magic they were, that was you know that was a it was a it was a it was a big touchstone album yeah did and you, you, pack- saw that, you saw the t-shirt a lot so i remember like obviously having mtv when i was like 10 11 and under the bridge and giveaway being on all the time and then i remember like there not being much for like 10 years and was the aeroplane and love roller coaster being maybe the only two songs i heard for the next eight years yeah. and then californication came out and jesus christ you could not move for like, uh, uh, yeah, it's like all the singles on all the time. And they sort of became like untouchable to like my era. Like, so I remember when I saw Around the World video and there's a bit when he goes, ding, dang, ding, dang, ding, dang, ding, dang, dang. And I remember laughing and no one else found it funny. Like he, he could do anything he wants to cause he is Anthony. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's like, so that's why to me. The phrase second say, draft has never been yeah. used in the. Like, uh, how is this? Is this fine? Yeah. And like, so me, when you said you have never met a Chili Peppers fan, I used to live in, in my uh, university in 1999, 2000, because Jesus Christ, they were everywhere. And everyone who seemed to like the Peppers loved the Free Fighters. They went hand in hand, those two bands. And then that kept going on until I guess around Stadium Arcadium when people sort of like shuffled away from uh, the, the Chili Peppers and like I don't know many songs from the past like 20 years really. But I, I have to say it's quite it, it was quite interesting to kind of deep dive into this because I I have a bit of a newfound respect for them for how many people they've worked with. I had no idea that Andy Gill produced one of their albums that Rick Rubin had his fingerprints. In oh, Rick so Rubin's all over loads mm. of their albums, yeah, which I think well we'll 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 get to it in a bit but when we when we get to one of the songs off of blood sugar um you've got to remember every time people like you know hold up johnny cash as hurt as like rick rubin's a genius you've got to go he was also responsible for psycho sexy so let's not (laughs) let's take it let's you know let's look at the entire career yeah he did some good (laughs) stuff as well but that's a that's gonna the fact that he the fact that he was in the room and you know and a, and a big collaborator on that album like they said he was he was instrumental in like helping them with with riffs and with with lyrics um the fact that they were like oh yeah it's running at like eight and a half minutes rick and he's like yep fine we're done for the day yep sure i'm off to comb my beard it's like surely come on you could i mean you could trim i'd say you could trim a good eight minutes out of that song and it would still be just the same Maybe let him have one song. He said, you can choose one song. You can do what you like. Yeah. And it chose that but, one. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. I have some more recruitment facts when we, when we get I've got my engineer. We'll do, we'll do the producing and stay and what's off. It's a bit like when you've got like an errant child that you, you give them that time, you know, like, okay, you know, you're clearly going to be naughty at some stage. Run around, you know, be messy, do whatever you want to do. And, you know, in, in, in the classroom and then, you know, settle down for the rest of the lesson. So that was <laughs> Anthony's chance to run around, wiggle his willy at all the girls. <laughs> and then call himself Sir Psycho Sexy. Yeah. <laughs> right. What's the first song you've picked for the Red Hot Chili Peppers? So the first song I've chosen. Now, this is not necessarily a demonstration of how overrated they are because this is from 1985. So before they were, you know, when they were like an alt band, they weren't a big successful band. It's from the Freaky Styley album. And what it what it demonstrates, I think, before I tell you the title, 
what it demonstrates is Anthony Cadis's just puerile obsession with proving that he's done it. You know, I've definitely had it off with a lady. <laughs> I've definitely done it. And to prove that, here's two and a half minutes of a song. I mean, again, you know what? I'll say, well, 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 well let, let, I'll tell you the song. It's, it's sex rap anyway. Sex rap is the song. It's two and a half minutes, right? That's good. That's a, that, he's, they're starting right, okay? They're not, this, is, this is not the eight and a half minutes of so Psycho Sexy, which we'll get onto in a bit. But the, we're going to talk about Steely Dan. Steely Dan sing a lot about sex and about girls, but they do it, to my mind, with a degree of irony, a degree of humour, a degree of... Um, they understand the ridiculousness of it, whereas... I mean, maybe maybe Anthony Kedis does. Maybe he's just got a much more refined sense of humour, but it seems like he is somebody who just is desperate to talk about sex. I, was, I think I was, I was looking at the... It might have been the Wikipedia page for this, and it said like most of the songs are about sex, which was a big preoccupation of Anthony's at the time, or something like words to that effect. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, that's all he all he was interested in doing. And you think they must have had a time when the the guys had, you know, put a really nice piece of music together, and gone. Look, could it just be about anything else? Could it be about heartbreak because you can't have sex? Something like that. Could that not be a sort of sex adjacent song? So at least we're not just singing about how you then I meet her orgasm. It's like, okay, all right, we believe you. You've done it. You know, we get it. I'll say one thing when I listened to this, because I remember Sex Rap, I I hadn't heard it for ages, but I remember thinking it was ridiculous. But actually, musically, I'm a lot more into it than I expected to be. It reminds me, and again, this is going to... This is going to be really sort of... It's going to come across as quite hypocritical, but it reminds me of Mr. Bungle. Do you know Mr. Bungle, Mike Patton's... Of course. ...pre-Faith No More band? They have a feud, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Yeah, a huge feud. That's, yeah. Do they? Because because of because of the accusations of, like, ripping off their... Yeah. Well, it's like, basically, it sounds almost identical to Mr. Bungle, especially that first album, Mr. Bungle. I don't know why I'm fine with Mr. Bungle. You know, they've got a song called The Girls of Porn, right? It's about jerking off. It's you know it's got like and it, you know they've got the lyric my hand is tired and my dick is sore but the girls of porn want more and it's got like clips from pornos played over the top of it and it sounds just like this. Um, why was I at you know fourteen fifteen when I first heard those songs? Why was I fine with that and not fine with? Well, maybe I was maybe I was scared. Maybe I actually I'm fine with masturbation, scared of sex. Maybe that's what the answer. <laughs> um, I I do get what you mean though because I when you think about Red Hot Chili Peppers it is like. What songs do they have that aren't about sex slash drugs? You know, that seems to be... Or California. That's the stereotype. And I I think Anthony Kiedis just has a very parodyable voice. His delivery. That's that's it. And it doesn't stop. And one of the songs that you've written, that you've picked from a later album... Yeah, can I stress, I've not written any of these songs. (laughs) (laughs) This is the the, the reason... I actually wrote wrote most of the songs on the Uplift Mofo party plan. And that's the reason I think they're overrated. I've got a huge beef with them. Forget Mr. Bunny. I was like five years old. Come on, move on. Give give me a break. Um, But yeah, yeah, I I get that. But I don't don't mind it. I I don't mind the puerileness. And it makes me... And I mean, in this... So I'd never heard this song in my life. I thought it was like a wonky fever dream. The lyrics are hilarious. But what's even more hilarious I found in the lyrics is a little interlude where they're going, Sexy! 
sex and it's just like yeah. they they really want to talk about it and it's just, it's like they'd run out of the of adjectives they've gone to the thesaurus and it's like well we've talked about a creamy beaver and and yeah. hot rod and everything else but that's hey that's just how sexy and then sex and i was just like oh incredible incredible um but i i love the music i haven't heard a guitar solo like that before it sounded like a coiled spring was involved in in the playing or something yeah. and oh yeah george clinton produced it which i had no idea about i didn't i didn't i mean i knew they were kind of funk-esque but i didn't realize they were such pure funk such pure distilled funk right at the beginning yeah i i i, I think they may have like run into problems with like all of them just basically going well let's just sit in a room and do a load of drugs for ages oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and so that's they, what they used heroin while recording this album which influenced the lyrics and music no shit <laughs> yeah although actually a heroin you would assume the songs would all be about 45 minutes long whereas you know it feels more speedy or something like that doesn't it or cokey because the songs are fast and they're energetic and they are they're kind of quick and aggressive but i so but yeah again musically i've got no problem with it but i think it's sort of this for me is a good indication of how things are going to go for Anthony Cadis. Sadly, Sex Rap hasn't been performed live since the 80s, apart from on one occasion. It'd be lovely to them to play Sex Rap at London Hyde Park with all these people <laughs> drinking champagne going, what the fuck? <laughs> That'd be amazing. But I get a feeling about in this era, they're more of a live band than an album yeah. band. And these were like, I guess, would happen on stage for a couple of minutes, you know, just improvising when it came out of this. But like, yeah... I'm happy there's another song in the 80s with rap in the title because I've had the ram rap and the ant rap. So it's nice I've now got the sex rap yeah. to go along in together your, in with the 80s trilogy. <laughs> is it also only, and I, I, I'm not entirely certain of um, the their, their ethnic background, but is it basically mainly white dudes who have to include the word rap when they're putting... You yes, know, yes. To show that they're, they're cool. Yeah. So, yes, I can watch rap. Even something too. like, you know, which is a, a pretty legitimate song, like Wordy Rapping Hood, or rapture or whatever it's always like it's always white people are like oh i've got to put rap in it just so people know that that's what i'm doing here it's like a warning to the fan base (laughs) there will be some rapping coming up guys you know like bob dylan will have like a beautiful illustrated book of the lyrics i so hope there's one for the red Blue peppers (laughs) with like my thumb i strum her plum in the beautiful can i please read out some of my favorite lyrics in my poshest english accent you must Time to swing a little melody to make you all feel something sexually. And now we're going to get in on the groove, the groove that makes those smooth hips move. We are pumping that driving bad rhythm to make those pretty little pussy lips schism, kiss them, kiss them, kiss them. Thank you very much. Amen. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I mean, oh, I, couldn't, I couldn't believe it when I, when I first heard it, but I just, like, I, I can't deny the musicality of it. I, I, I like it, I'm afraid. And Fran, I mean, what do you think musically? Do you, do you like it or are you just amused by it? Um, oh, not at all. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Neither. Okay. I would never listen to uh, this um, dirty funk. Is that what I can name it as? Sure. Um, no, it's not. It's not for me, unfortunately. Um, although I've always kind of thought I should maybe listen to the eighties albums. And if this is eighties Red Hot Chili Peppers, then I'm you're out. This. But but it's, obviously, no, it's amusing. I mean, the lyrics to, to Google the lyrics, guys. If you're listening at home, please. Please Google the lyrics of sex rap and have a, and have an interesting read. But apart from that, nah, I'm a, I'm okay. I'm okay. No more sex raps or any '80s raps for me, really. So Matthew, what's your what's your second pick, which I'm sure is a world away from from sex rap? <laughs> <laughs> so this is just a, a a short hop, skip, and a jump to 1991. <laughs> Blood Sugar Sex Magic. They're I, I think arguably, 
I mean, maybe Mother's Milk was pretty big, but Blood Sugar Sex Magic was their massive breakthrough, I would say. Um, and this is a song on It's a long old album anyway, but this is a song, as we, we've, we've talked about it already, it's a Psycho Sexy. And so Psycho Sexy is... Uh... Now, it's an interesting thing, again, talking about Steely Dam, he's... Anthony Cadis is playing a character. Donald Fagan in his songs is often inhabiting a character. They're not him. It's not. It's not who he is. So Psycho Sexy is obviously a character. He's even he even puts on a voice. He's sort of telling the story of it, and then when he gets to so Psycho Sexy, he's like slightly changes his his voice to show that it's he's putting on this character. But I think the character is basically who he wants to be. He's not like I don't think he's, I don't think he's sort of going. Imagine if such a person existed. He's going. Imagine if I could do this. Maybe I, you know. And actually, it, you know, I think, I think that's probably how how he was. You know, if you went to a party with Anthony Cadis, I think he probably, you know, after a couple of, uh, you know, whatever whatever it was on that night, he probably turned into uh, he probably turned into so psycho sexy and uh, made everybody else's life a bit of a bit of a pain. But um, but yeah, but the the thing I and again, actually, it's, it's interesting because I think there's definitely a sort of Parliament P funk. Sort of, it's a, it's got a sort of slow jam, funky feel to it, and again, music I don't dislike. I think it massively outstays its welcome. It also does the thing that a lot of Red Chili Peppers songs do, and it makes you realise that. I th- and, I, as I, and I think this is the thing when I talk to people about Red Chili Peppers, it it becomes very apparent that like, no matter what the lineup is, I tend to like three of them. You know, <laughs> there's one dude who's slightly messing up for everybody else. But there's a bit at the end of of um, uh, so Psycho Sexy when it's just a, it's just a great instrumental breakdown, and you go, "This is it, isn't it? This is the bit. This is there. There's no one can, especially the you know the the, the current lineup of of Relatively Peppers with Flea and Chad Smith and John Frusciante. No one can dispute they are a phenomenal band musically. They're all absolutely incredible musicians what they choose to do with that is a different thing but they're all like you know no one is doubting that they can all play really really well um especially you know for shanti has just an amazing sense of melody he and does really distinctive and interesting and quite haunting and beautiful stuff with the guitar um but it just feels like you've got to wade through a lot of of anthony talking about his ding dong before you get to that you know and I, I find that really, I just find it really tough going. And I, I you know, like sometimes I actually, had, I was in a, uh, for a brief while I was in an album club uh, with some other friends where, like a book club, where we would we all pick an album each fortnight, listen to it and then write a review, which we would sort of WhatsApp onto the, onto the group. And it kind of fell apart because the reviews were getting longer and longer and longer and people's lives were getting busier and busier. And, you know, um, but Blood Sugar Sex Magic was, one was an album that uh, um, the comedian Ivo Graham suggested. He's a big uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers fan. So there you go. I, I, they, I can I can name That's one. That's the one. Um, yeah. And also, like, he's quite young too, isn't he? Yeah. So, so he's they were big before he. Yeah. Was. He, yeah. So this is um, he would have got into them through By the Way or something like that, you know one of those. But there was a there was a, a walking around li- having to listen to this album. And listening to, to Psycho Sexy, I felt embarrassed. You know, like I was embarrassed that, like, you know, my the, the my headphones were suddenly the Bluetooth were disconnected. It just played to everyone else on the train. You don't necessarily have to see yourself in in music. It's not it's not necessarily an important thing. But you want to be, you want to connect to it in some way. And I this felt like a complete window into somebody else's awful brain. That I just didn't want to be a, be a part of. It just makes me makes me cringe. 
Shall we mention his previous allegations, Anthony Kiedis? The allegations made by him. Yeah, I mean, this is the, the this is the sort of slightly trickier side of talking about uh, Anthony Kiedis. Is if you if you sort of scratch away at the surface, there have been multiple sexual assault allegations against him. Um, and in fact, he when he, he he you know scar tissue probably it certainly came out in the last fifteen years. Two thousand and four, I think. So okay, so it was uh, it was about what's that sixteen years ago? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Weirdly, yes. um, but <laughs> um, but the fact that he kind of admits to having sex with a fourteen-year-old girl, uh, and then also wrote this song uh, "Catholic Schoolgirls Rock" about yeah. it. Yeah, which is... I mean, because from what I saw, it's he didn't know that she was fourteen when he first had sex with her. Fair enough, but then he did. And then yeah, then he continued. did, and he was like, "Oh, I, well, I just had sex with her one more time, and then she yeah. went home." And her dad was <laughs> yeah. the chief of police. Yeah, dodgy, you know, dodgy man. Yeah, um, but I, I actually didn't know about all of that dodgy stuff with Anthony Kiedis, unfortunately. Until no, we it, it, until this, I, but... yeah, I, I was the same. I was, and I was thinking, oh, you know, is this is this going to make for a really, you know? That's <laughs> I mean, like, I, I'm going to. So it doesn't really matter if they're overrated. <laughs> when, when that's, the, when that's the case. But I, I mention this book all the time. There's a great book called Under My Thumb, which is a collection of essays about female music fans who like misogynist bands and, and kind of dealing with that. So I suggest yeah. you go and read that. But yeah, I think sometimes it's easier to compartmentalize. And I, I've tried to when when I've been doing when I've been kind of grooving re- reviewing the songs here. But um, and grooving, of course. Grooving. Yeah. Well, I, I said grooving because literally, I fucking loved it matthew i had never heard this before and i thought my gosh i think i need to give this album i need to get that burnt album with the mystery handwriting and give this another go i thought it was textured it was fun it was exciting like it, a song of two halves obviously like you say you know the bit at the end with the cello and the strings yeah uh beautiful and they they've got good form on this you know road tripping which is genuinely a great song and one of my favorite chili songs they've got cellos and strings and and they do it really well. So yeah, I'm really glad that you picked this and not give it away or, or under the bridge. Yeah, I think everyone, well, everyone everyone knows those those songs. Everyone's got that, you know. Got, I think this is it's 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 stuff like this. So, so like you know, if you were a big, say for example, you're a big MTV fan and you didn't necessarily know the album that well, you might have heard it at a party and you're like, oh, all my friends are going to go and see Red Hot Chili Peppers. You're like, oh, they'll they'll play under the bridge, they'll play Give It Away, that'll be great. And they come out and do Just Like Go Sexy for eight minutes. You're like what's this song that like you know like this because under the bridge i mean i'm i'm not a fan it's one of those songs that i think it's fine i've probably heard it so many so many times that i don't need to hear it again it is you know it is a the the under the bridge downtown that bit you know the the the, the choral bit very affecting very moving sure but uh not a song i and i just to, i, I, I mean i i only had mtv from the age of um 13 in 2001 so kind right. of post, so, you know, just as kind of by the way was coming. But I saw that video a lot and I just, all I think of is Anthony Kiedis with his long hair running. Like I can't disassociate <laughs> the image from that. And it kind of ruins it a bit for me, to be honest, because yeah, just uh, a man and his pecs running. But um, yeah. Fran, I know that you, when I messaged Fran, I said, oh, I'm actually quite unironically enjoying So Psycho Sexy. He sent me the emoji with the line, like, yeah, mm, unimpressed. Yeah. So not... Not too funky for well, you, Fran. <laughs> is this where he developed his uh, comedy voice, which he continues to this day? Um, we're going to talk about a song later on where he chooses an interesting accent yeah. to deliver his lyrics. Yeah. Um, there seems to be some sort of disco frog sound from the bass, which is wow, odd. Wow, wow, wow. Um, I shouldn't really look into the lyrics, but so he's a guy from before Wind, 
but then later on, he's being pegged by a police officer. Yeah, fair enough. That's it. It's just his little sort of wank fantasy, isn't it? It's. But you know. can, I, can I say the way he delivers creamy beaver hotter than a fever? I, I just it's I I laugh, but I respect him, and I don't I don't want to I don't want to, but. And, you know, I did the prep last night, but I was listening to it again this morning and I was like, oh, man, I just, I, I do like this song. And oh, I don't know why, but there we go. H- have you heard of the band Mew? Mew, of course I have. Yeah, the Danish band. So people are comparing this outro to Mew's comforting sound as the best outro of all time. <laughs> how, how can you choose those two songs put together beautifully? <laughs> the fans, I think, love this song. Yeah. Looking at the comments on YouTube, they fucking love it. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Sure. I, I guess I'm gonna take a step back. I guess I, this is not for me. Maybe I like the the singles, but yeah, the last three minutes when John gets to show off his skills is a great piece of music, but it's it's a bit of a mess in it. Um, I think they do still do play this live, but surprisingly, <laughs> I love it if they chose to end on this song. Guys, we're not gonna under the bridge all give it away, but hey, guess what? So psycho sexy. And you know what? Tongs, songs don't tend to get much shorter when they're played live, do they? It's not like they go, "Oh, we'll bring this win at six and a half." Eight minutes, sixteen, more like fifteen. Thank you very much. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's like a reggae interlude that goes back again. Now, please, please, please. Although you mentioned All Saints, when I saw them at like V two thousand six something, they did under the bridge, and because they didn't have many songs in those days, they extended it to six minutes, including a reggae section. Oh wow! Okay, so yeah. Try and track it down on YouTube, but yeah, I'm I'm sorry about it. Um, it's okay, friend. It's okay. I, f- I forgive you. I forgive you. The, the, the <laughs> funk comes only to one of us this time around. I'm sure it'll come back to you another time. But the best part of the song is the bit when it's not the funk. <laughs> yeah. Like the last two yeah. minutes but is. I, I think say, Matthew made a, really. made a good point of like, I, you know, this could easily be three individual songs uh, rather than mm-hmm. than one. Like I, I'd I say don't three mind individual together, instrumentals. But... <laughs> I think you want all Red Hot Chili songs to be instrumentals, <laughs> yeah, don't you, Matthew? But... Like, Hopefully they all end of anti saying now suck my yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Hello, this is a promo for a podcast about a playlist. Yeah. Yeah, it's called Playlist. Yeah, yeah. My name's Mike Lash, former actor, former comedian, former creative, former cool dude. This is Kay Mitchell, former musician, former art student, current cool dude. We've created a playlist, a fucking brilliant playlist the best playlist ever to the point where we spoke to each other about how good the playlist is and that we wanted to be the people at a party who's putting on the music and only putting on a few seconds of the music before changing the song because everyone loves those guys at a party that's us so each week we have a guest and they have to choose one song to define them as a human person one song for me mike lash to sing right after and then because Mike is not the best person in his family. We've incorporated his mum to give her insight into each song, which will maybe help the guests to define themselves as a person. But really, we probably shouldn't get bogged down in the format of the podcast. It's really heavily edited, so it's not actually that boring. It's quite short, so I really think you'll like it. Kerry's kids are home, so it's probably the end of this promo. It is. What is it? www.playtheshare.com and available wherever you get your podcasts. Over underrated. Sous évalué. Overchats. Over underrated. So, so, for change the pace. Yeah, yes. What's your next pick, Matthew? So, um, leaping over a decade later to 2002, uh, this is the Zephyr song. 
from By The Way. Now, the Zephyr song, uh, again, this this to me is... Uh, well, th- th- they've become a different bands now, haven't they? They've kind of gone, well, look, these bits at the end of the songs, why don't we make those the choruses? Because <laughs> people like... People like the bit at the end of the song. You can see the audience really going for it at the end. It's the psycho sexy. Let's make that the chorus. I'll sing something over the top that doesn't mean anything. Uh, but it sort of doesn't, it definitely doesn't mean shag me. You know, or isn't, isn't as overt, it doesn't overtly mean shag me. It could still I mean, mean shag me. I've got, I've got some lyrics. It, it, it still means a little bit something about Yeah, sex, sure, so sure. But I, I think you could imagine your, like, you could imagine, you know, your mum pottering around the kitchen, not being offended by a flyaway on my Zephyr to you know it, 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 in, in the same way that she she might be a bit more upset by you know she suck the baton up my ass or whatever the lyric is you know so i'm pretty sure it's not baton and it's not ass but still that's the that's the <laughs> intimation like, of it but, but. um uh, but the, the only the reason i picked this is because it's got the lyric what a way to finally smell her <laughs> i thought that is the definition of Come on, Anthony! You could have given that five more minutes. I know he gets that thing where he's like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a, a rhyme and I'm gonna do it twelve times in a verse." And fine, you know, and that's great. But some of them have to be, remain, you know, in the notebook, just scribbled through. You don't, you don't know, Matthew. He might have had something similar to COVID, lost his taste and smell. He's regained it and he's happy about it. That's what my, the song might be about. It you could be, know. you know what? It could be about you know. It was ever since he quit smoking, he's got his sense of smell back. Or they've all, they've been in and out of rehab loads, you know. And I, th- this is not an accusation. That I would, I, I think, is it across the board criticism of music? But I just think it doesn't mean anything. It's totally pointless, you know. I think this. I don't think they're saying anything. I don't think they're trying to say anything. Um, there's nothing. There's sort of nothing behind it. It's it's completely it's completely inoffensive. Like you know what, we 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 play it a lot on the show. This song, uh, we play lots of Chili Peppers on the show, and it's 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 fine. It's absolutely lovely. But it isn't. have you played to Psycho Sexy before? Uh, no, we haven't played to Psycho Sexy. Got a not, it's not, for the B-list, It's not surely. made it onto the. Uh, it's not made it onto the playlist. <laughs> certainly not the Sunday morning playlist. Um, but I, 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 I don't know. It's just there's just I, I just don't see there being anything to it, and it feels like musically totally fine, not especially interesting, quite quite catchy. I'll give them that. They know how to turn a turn a song, turn a melody that you go, well, that's going to be in my head for the rest of the of the week. But what you you know? But then I guess that's that's how I, I suppose that's how like it's it's the thing that gets leveled at Oasis and like uh, like Noel Gallagher has said, I deliberately don't write lyrics are are clearly about something because and he used the he used the example of john lennon's later work you know and he's like all the stuff that john lennon's singing about you know mother and stuff like that he goes it's important to him it's not important to me so it's easier for me to write lyrics which is you know uh you know she's got a sister with a blister and all that kind of stuff because it doesn't really matter you know slide away give it all you got is kind of a brilliant lyric because it doesn't mean anything you know after all, you're my wonder wall. These are all things that sort of do and don't mean everything. Um, and I think, I guess that's what the, the, the Red Hot Chili Peppers are attempting to achieve, but it feels incredibly hollow. I watched a documentary on, as per usual, on, on the band, and um, Rick Rubin discovered Anthony's book of poetry. Yes, poetry. And he hadn't put forward Under the Bridge. Oh, wow. This is probably one of his best lyrics. Yeah, that, which, which actually is about something. 
Yeah, yeah. So maybe he's a bit embarrassed. Maybe he's a bit insecure about him actually talking about his feelings. I don't know how much he has involved with the actual songwriting. Like, does the band write the music when he comes along and just puts his, his lyrics on top of it? I don't know. But it I sounds mean, like it. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like he, it sounds like he goes, uh, how long have I got to write the, the words? Or 10 seconds? Oh, yeah, fine. Off I go. <laughs> Give me the rhyming dictionary. Ding, dang, ding, yeah. dang, ding, dang, ding. But, yeah, yeah I, I had to check up, and apparently... Four, on 47 songs, Anthony talks about California or somewhere. <laughs> or somewhere four, 47. But I think there's more songs than the barn that I've composed in their life. Yeah. So I'm sad that in the song he doesn't mention <laughs> on a Zeppelin flying to California, but maybe the band asked him, give it, give it a miss maybe for this album. But um, yeah, uh, this, sadly for me, Matthew, I do like this song. And by the way, for me, it's their best album. Maybe because it had less funk and sort of moved yeah. away to... I guess this... I'm surprised this is on the radio. For me, this is the Radio 2 era for Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, yeah. All of the edge has been taken away. There's no talking about licking girls out. Um, Which I think is, like, weirdly, that's the thing. I, I complain about him talking about sex too much. And then he, he removes all the sex. I go, well, you're not talking about anything. Oh, no, You've got nothing else in there. Is, there is still a bit of sex in this song. Because the yeah, lyrics sure. are, can I get your hand to write on? Just a piece of leg to bite on. What a night to fly my kite on. Do you want to flash your light on? So oh, it's, still there, it's still stop there. It's still there. He can't stop it. He can't stop help it. Um, but apparently the opening chords are exactly the same as Willy Wonka's uh, "Pure Imagination." <laughs> Is it? And it almost got sued. Re- wow. Really? Yeah, but, um, but <laughs> by, by Gene Wilder. <laughs> <laughs> and letter one, there's there's also uh, another lawsuit. We're going to mention a song letter one. But um, yeah, I think by the way, for me, I guess it's the least. Red Hot Chili Peppers stands, yeah. which is why I like it. Um, so yeah, this for me is fine, but I, I have heard it far too many fucking times. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's better songs. Yeah, definitely. Them. Like I find this song annoying as hell, actually. <laughs> like, but I on re-listening, I think it's actually it's the chorus. The verses are, are okay. There's some kind of you know little trills and stuff that that are interesting. Um, I'll, but, I'll yeah. say one thing as well. Like Anthony Cadis is not, uh, you know, again, it's like it's like the, the band are, are they're. A, they're all good musicians. They're all excellent musicians. Anthony Case is a good... He's got good flow, you know? Not not sort of technically the most gifted singer, but I think he's a, he's, a, he's good at emoting. And I wrote, a, I wrote a sort of parody of By The Way to open one of the Radio X shows recently. And, uh, it, you know, what he's doing is hard work you know that's like it's you, you know to get the to get the breathing rights to 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 to, to rap in that way um he, so he's he he is clearly he's got some he's got some talent there but he's just a bit sort of definitely fixated. and i mean i from this album i really like can't stop uh which is you know i i think also that i i saw that video way too many times but i still i still enjoyed it um would you say you're addicted to the shindig oh i, I can't stop i'm addicted to the shindig <laughs> drop top I said I'm going to win big. Oh, I start the lyrics. Who knows? Uh, it does. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but yeah, on this, you know, this particular song. Yeah, I'm not such a big fan. But I think on this album, not only do they move away from a kind of yeah, I guess stereotypical sound, but there's there's lots of like you know, there's Cabron, which is you know got beautiful melodic guitar. Throw away your television, which is a bit kind of rockier. There's there's a lot of good stuff on this album. Though I think I would probably say Californication is my favorite, just because I, I feel like Californication is one of those albums where I think I pretty much like every song, even even around the world, Fran, even the ding dang ding dong, possibly racist, who knows? 
songs. Whereas I think there are a few duds on, on By the Way, and this is this is one of them. But By the Way sold 8 million copies worldwide. So what do I we think, know? I think one problem with the band is that they can't stop at 10 songs. <laughs> There's too many songs, guys. Yeah. Especially when well, we're talking speaking about Stadium of... Arcadium. Is, <laughs> I Stadium, Ar- Stadium Arcadium, I, I think, is the, it's over two hours long, isn't it? Like I was going to ask, have either of you listened to Stadium Arcadium from beginning oh, to end? Oh, you forget where I worked. Oh, of in course you did. Yeah, in uh, where were you in two thousand and six? You were roadie for Red Hot Chili Peppers, in... weren't you? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was working in uh, Zavi. Oh, Zavi? of course, much much missed Zavi. Yeah, and that album was on. Oh wow! And there's two good songs. Oh on that no! Album. And when it starts, you're like, oh fuck. But it was like massive. I think it, like, that was a bigger hit than, by the way, like it was number one in like about twenty countries. Yeah. So, so yeah. What what beautiful song have you picked from Stadium Arcade, Matthew? I've picked another one of their um, forty-seven song California Odyssey, uh, Danny California. Uh, I mean, you've got to hand it to them. This this at this stage in their career to write a song with California in the title, and that's all people take the piss out of them for. Yeah, they like, well, we, we love California. We've still got more things to say. And if you read the lyrics, the, the so Danny California is this stunner of a woman or whatever it is. She's not actually from California, shockingly. What? But, but, well, he, he sings it, about Alabama quite a, a lot. Said, yeah, there's basically, I, I think, I don't know if he's trying to get the 50 states into the, the lyrics, but he goes through a lot of them. <laughs> Um, he was trying to do that Sophia, you know when Sofiane Stevens said he was going to bring out an album for all 50 states and then released two and then stopped said it was a joke actually um, I think that's what Anthony Case was like right we're going to do one better we're going to get all 50 states in a song he's like a sort of funk rock Tom Lehrer um, but, but I mean so what, how do you feel about the song Matthew like you, take it, a wild guess Babs <laughs> not great at this, at this at this juncture we've been talking for an hour what do you reckon <laughs> So is this is this like an exorcism for you? Are you are you is this like the anti radio? No, because they're like... The, like we 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 um we obviously because people are listening to the to the station for the music, not necessarily for us. Um, we obviously say nice things about all the songs, but it's the only like it's the only band that we will. I think we describe them as silly. Is aren't they a silly band? That's 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 our sort of code for bloody hell did you hear that um but they were quite a Kerrang band so does ed like that kind of era of i don't know i don't know how he feels about i know in fact i do know how he feels about road chili peppers and it's not good um but um <laughs> can we kind of blame this band for new metal they've definitely well? got yeah i think the sort of and also there's this, the kind of the the rap rock crossover yeah i mean but again like i and i wasn't when I was growing up, I wasn't against that kind of music at all. I love Rage Against the Machine. That first album is, it's a classic, isn't it? That's another album with it. There is just not a, there's not a bad song on it. It's it's amazing. Um, and you got like, again, phenomenal musicians, but Zach De La Rocca actually has something worth saying. He actually has something, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure once in a while he thinks I'll write a song about my dick and then he, you know, <laughs> goes and jostles himself off in the studio Too toilets and comes back and goes, no, actually, <laughs> there are some social ills to be righted here. That's some great B-sides, which we haven't heard about. Thing, with, with this song, you know, I, I only knew Daddy California and Zephyr's song from, from this list. And I was like, oh yeah, that one. Um, but I, I have to say, I can't deny it's catchy, especially the oh, chorus yeah. and... But the final bridge before the the chorus there's some interesting guitar sounds and maybe even some synths and there's a guitar solo at the end but definitely there's something inauthentic about it i mean i don't i don't know if it's self-parody at this point but it just feels that they're like yep 
this is this is what we do. We're not going to shy away from it. Here you go. So it doesn't feel like it comes from the heart or from the cock, so to speak. But uh, but yeah, I think I, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would re-listen to it. But uh, I have no desire to go and listen to the double album Stadium Arcade. It felt like when it, when it, when it came up, which is like if AI would write a pepper song you know it's like it's this is their stage in rock era and uh, flea's bass has kind of been put lower than mix it's more like layers of guitar of john and that big chorus but when i mentioned about lawsuits so people notice this is almost identical to last chance with mary jane by tom petty oh and last uh, okay i won't sing (laughs) (laughs) and yeah and it actually went to court and apparently it's one one chord different, and that's enough to get yeah. away with it. But obviously, Rick Rubin produced that Tom Petty song as well. Oh, Ricky boy! <laughs> but Tom Petty, he said, "Ah, oh, don't worry about it, guys. Don't worry." About I, it. I, I, I'm, I'm always fascinated by uh, those, those those court cases because I know they kind of they'll bring in musicologists to sort of analyze it, but ultimately it's decided by a judge and a jury, isn't it? And you go, "Why are we letting?" I, I you know, I, I genuinely felt a bit, uh, you know. It's going to sound terrible, but like the the, the blurred lines, lines court yeah. case, I thought I thought that wasn't the problem with the song blurred lines. Um, you know that to me was not the that no, wasn't the no idea what the, you mean, Matthew. But that yeah. wasn't the that wasn't Although the, the, lyrics, the lyrics could be by Anthony. Yeah, Lewis. yeah, no, a little bit subtle for him, a little bit subtle. Um, but but I I thought to give you know to 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 play to because you there are plenty of songs that you hear and you go oh that sounds a bit like that just because that's there's a there's a finite number of notes there's a finite number of chord progressions uh you want to make music that sounds palatable you know you don't want to make sort of you know a atonal discordant nonsense uh so i, I you know you're, you're you're writing pop songs it's gonna it's gonna happen i always feel like yeah there are songs that sound a bit similar you know sure you know my sweet lord sounds like she's so fine but they're not the same song you know um, before we move on from, from this, I just want to leave you with the fact that who were John Frusciante's influences for this album? This really surprised me. So he said his two main influences were the Mars Volta, fair enough, and the R&B sure. singer Brandy. And he oh, said, wow. she's doing something different. She's doing so many vocals that there is never a space. Whenever one voice stops, another one does something in its place. Um, there's so much going on. You can't hear her voice with your conscience. You have to hear it with your subconscious. So there we go. I think John wow. Frusciante, uh, he seems to me like, Where's Borland in the Biscuit? Where it's like, why are you here? What what are you doing here? You should be somewhere else. I mean, I know he's done loads of solo stuff and is in other bands, but it's just like to come with that and then write a song like Danny California. I'm like, something something doesn't add up. <laughs> they were so lucky to find yeah. him. They really yeah. were. Yeah, and yeah. He keeps I mean, back. I mean, it, that's the thing as well. It's a it's a bit like oh god. I'm, I'm just trying not to. I'm not trying to. I don't want to be awful about. But when when, when somebody who, for example was you know just for example was in a band like the germs and then goes on to be in one of the biggest stadium bands of all time uh you go can you marry those two halves of your do you just love music just love playing music live and then that and it's you know and the fact you get to play it to to thousands and thousands of people every single night is that is that enough do you know i I mean it's i don't know it's it's interesting let's wrap this up with your final pick, Matthew, which is from their latest album, I believe. Yeah, man, we've uh, we, this is uh, was the first single. It was the it was the first single off the last album, Unlimited Love, which came out this year, and it's called Black Summer, and it's a remarkable song. Do you? I mean, do, you, do did you like this one, Babs? You said you hadn't heard this one. I hadn't heard this one. I thought that this song feels like you've amalgamated all of Red Hot Chili Peppers' late '90s, 2000 songs into one. 
That's yes. how I felt. <laughs> it's definitely, yeah. it's definitely, you know, you're putting a load of information into a computer and making it right. Yeah, but like Fran said, yeah, AI. AI. This AI one thing. feels like AI, definitely. But more importantly, we should we should focus on the the voice that Cadis has gone for a sort of a sort of sea shanty uh irish folk song kind of it's 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 really odd i mean for a guy who already sings in quite an odd way he's really gone for it this time and i was watching an interview with flea and they um it was with with johnny vaughan from radio x and johnny said what's going on with the voice here what's going on with the vo- we've got to ask why is the sea shanty thing and um flea said yeah anthony just does these things sometimes and you know he was doing it and we all thought it was funny and uh, so we left it in and something really changed for me because i was like oh well it <laughs> if you think it's funny it's kind of all right <laughs> you know like i i sort of i sort of suddenly had a bit of a because I, I knew they're a band with a sense of humor in inverted commas you know they're not a, they're not a serious band they're always you know ever since the you know, from the names of their albums, titles, to the names of their, their songs, to the way that their videos are. You know, they're always very often sort of big comedy comedy videos. I knew they were a band with a sense of humour, but the fact that they're like, oh, we just do a funny voice on a song because we think it's funny. I, I, I sort of weirdly, begrudgingly went, ah, you know what? You're okay. You, re- you know, like, in a way, all of the, you know, you've kind of just cracked the secret of having a quite a fun life, haven't you? You know, you, 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 you know, they're, they're, they're best mates from childhood, aren't they, Anthony and Flea? They're best mates from childhood. They have been through some pretty awful times together. They've been through some, you know, uh, addiction and the death of a lot of their friends and band members um, th- through through addiction and other things. Uh, and, and now they just, you know, they, they get to do these massive concerts. They get to play with loads of people. They get to do, like, you know, the reason I've picked this as a jazz fusion band is because they get to do stuff like jazz fest. You know, imagine if you went to Jazz Fest with your little clove cigarettes and your beret and you go, who's the headline act? Is it Gregory Porter? No, it's the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And they're about to do Can't Stop. You like jazz, don't you? You're a jazz fan. Surely listen to Dally Can and Dally California. What do you think of, what's your favourite jazz song? Oh, it has to be Black Summer by Red Hot Chili Peppers. (laughs) But yeah, they get to do like, they get to tour the world, you know, do these things. And they they haven't disappeared up their own arses, you know. Think lots of things have gone up their asses <laughs> over the years. Policemen's truncheons, police. name but yeah. one. But no, that that is good because I think I think they don't they 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 can't take themselves too seriously. Like I said, you can't write a song called Danny California that late in your knowing. career. Yeah, you know, and, unless you really have so many people blowing smoke up your ass. We haven't mentioned smoke, eh? But uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I I think that that does you know fair enough. And well, yeah, I didn't I didn't particularly like the song. I didn't I didn't dislike it and. Like I said, I, I I've I've come away from this playlist and from from this research with like, do you know what? They they have evolved and they keep trying. And I haven't. I, yeah, I was. I'm I'm surprised, Fran, that you haven't seen them live because you've seen. Everyone. So am I. They have. <laughs> I'm surprised they're not being on the same. Yeah. I don't know how it's happened. Um, but I, bet, I, like, I bet you as well. You'd have a really nice time. No, but I, I'm sure. You know, I saw I saw Rowena Mason, the the DJ. She went to see them and she said she had a great time. They can they can easily fill the best off CD, can't they? And. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I listened to the new album after listening to Black Summer, and this is the only highlight, um, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. And that's a lot of songs, as per usual. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I enjoy John's got a, a really nice guitar solo on it, and yeah, this could be from Stadium Arcade, Arcadium. It's nice that um, 
Anthony's still going topless. He's the only one still still uh, p- pushing that through. But um, yeah, I don't know. Do, do I need to hear more Chili Peppers albums? I don't know. Like, you know, it's a bit like the Foos in that they release albums so they can tour and play all the ones that you want to hear from the, the sort of first... Which is why I surprised when I looked at Hyde Park and they played maybe six songs on this album and then didn't play Can't Stop or Under the Bridge or all these other Yeah, that's quite mad. That's an interesting uh, choice. But yeah, I mean, it's nice we kind of ended on a, a high point. Yeah, that you know, like I think, I, I, I think the the arc of this has been. I, I, I thought. I mean, I think the Royal Chief Peppers are a, a very silly band, and I, 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 I stand by that, and I think they probably agree with that. Uh, they're not, they're not for me, but um, you know what? They seem to be having a nice enough time, don't they? And I mean, I, I, I would not pay more than I, I live in in Belgium, so I would not pay more than forty euros to to go and see them live. But I, I would like to see them live, especially if they were playing, you know, more of a greatest hit set. Obviously, if it was just Black Summer times ten, I would not appreciate that. Or you know, Stadium Arcadium in full. Yeah, that's one of those ones where you're like, I, I don't think they've got, you know. You were talking about seeing um, who were you saying you'd seen performing their album, performing their album for Peaches. That's right. Yes, Pe- Teachers of Peaches. Um, uh, I don't think they've got that that tour in them. You know, I don't think when it was well, it would have been 30, was it thirty years of Blood Sugar Sex Magic last year. Um, obviously, we're right in the middle of the pandemic, so they wouldn't have done it anyway. But I don't think I don't think if they went, oh, we're going to tour that album, or even we're going to tour. By the way, or, or Californication, I don't think that people would want that. I think people want to see they're, they're they're one of those bands that are like a they are like a greatest hits band. Yeah, I think you're right. I would definitely still say they're overrated because when the, the second I saw those stats about how many albums they'd sold, how many listeners they have, I was like, bloody hell! Like they're good, but they're not that good. But like I said, I've I've come away with a kind of understanding their place in the American rock canon a bit more. Like I said, the the sheer variety of producers that they worked with yeah george clinton andy gill um rick rubin uh it's it's very interesting and, and clearly they've they've tried to go in lots of different directions and and yeah the fact that flea and anthony are childhood friends as you said and, and still going f- fair enough Frank? i think if you asked me this question 20 years ago i wouldn't say they're overrated but if you look at their last 20 years of their music i mean four songs worth listening to <laughs> <laughs> can i really say a band <laughs> yeah got, so they've f- got they've got worse and worse yeah, and bigger and bigger basically, basically what's happened yeah so yeah, yeah uh, for me overrated because yeah on on output from the past 20 years they've not done anything to deserve the amount of people who adore them still so sorry i'm sure they'll be upset by me mentioning that i'm sure they care a lot about our opinions definitely well, we had a lot of fun talking about Red Hot Chili Peppers and I'm surprised to be the one that was defending them the most. After we recorded this, I got totally addicted to listening to Californication again. Scar Tissue and Other Side rocketed on my most listened to playlist. So there we go. Maybe not the intention that Matthew had, but that's where it led to me. Join us for part two next week where Matthew is going to be talking about Steely Dan, a band that he's very passionate about. He talks about it a lot in his Radio X show completely different even though broadly jazz rock fusion if you have opinions about red hot chili peppers feel free to get in touch you can email us over underratedmusicpod at gmail.com or you can follow us on social media it's at ou_musicpod on twitter and at over underrated music pod on instagram please do not send us pictures of you recreating their red hot chili peppers with socks on their cocks 
Thank you in advance.